Last announcement is um, long sleeve t-shirts. All right, I've had uh, like 17 people ask me about these shirts. These will be available for purchase soon. Um, look for a link online. Here's the thing about them. They're going to be $20. And um, the thing about it, and why, are the, why is like Jesus is like usually in the middle, you know, right here. We're taking them out of the building, right? Where am I asleep? Whatever you see, you know, Sean, I mean, go with it, you know what I'm saying? But here's what we're going to do. The proceeds from these, uh, the apparel that we sell uh, and, and that you guys support with is we're going to put those proceeds towards getting our band in the studio and recording our own original music. You're welcome. I want that to happen so bad. It's so good. So we are kicking off Mind, Body, Soul, Beef Jerky today. And for those of you that haven't heard the title of this week's series, in this month's series, um, yes, Mind, Body, Soul, Beef Jerky. If you want to know about the beef jerky, there's a lot of people that want to know what that's all about. You've got to come on week four, all right? In week four, we're going to talk about what beef jerky has to do with our mind, body, and soul. But I think what's important for us to realize up front, there's going to be a lot of information coming at you in the next few minutes. So you guys better get like a good pen and a nice piece of paper. Um, for those of you that didn't bring anything, y'all just use the offering envelopes. You know, no big deal. That's cool. But if you just put some money in there too, that'd be great. The box is on the side. So the, the, uh, the, the idea behind this is this, okay? Um, a, a buddy of mine... I don't even think he knows this. I need to text him. Um, but we were having, like, dinner one night a few weeks ago before Christmas, and he was talking about the fact that he, he didn't feel super connected to God. And he just felt a little distance there, and, like, you know, so we started to talk about that and why that was. And, and, and what we kind of came, came around to is the fact that he was reading his Bible, he was praying, he was connecting with God, but he didn't really feel close to God. And I said, you know, maybe there's something to what you're looking at. Maybe you've compartmentalized your faith in such a way that, that it's not really integrating your entire you. And so what I said is, I want you to just do a little test. And I don't even have the results to this because the 21 days are still going. Is I want you to take 21 days and I want you to continue to do your Bible reading and your prayer and just connecting with God whenever you're going to do that and whether you naturally do that in the rhythm of your day. And then I want you to add to that, I want you to add to that something that gets your body moving. I want you to go outside for a walk. I want you to get some vitamin D if the sun is out. Thank you, Jesus. If, we, if you're going to run or work out or whatever you do, I want you to get your heart rate up, and I want you to do something for your body. And then I want you to do one other thing. I want you to decide to do something for your mind. I want you to think about um, maybe a book that you could read. It doesn't have to be like, you know, the history of the Civil War or anything like that. It could simply be a book that's going to challenge you. Use your imagination if it's fiction. Anything that's going to be like that. Or maybe you're going to find a podcast that's going to be like something you're interested in. And you're going to start to like enrich your mind and start to really put those three things together. Mind, body, soul. And then I said, eat this piece of beef jerky. No, I didn't say that. So we, we, looked at, we talked about that, and so the process is in play right now with him. And what it really dawned on me as I prayed about it, as I said, this is actually something that I struggle with. And this is something that I think that we all struggle with, is that we kind of compartmentalize our faith and our soul work, and we, we forget that a lot of what is influencing us is what we're doing with our bodies, a lot of what is influencing us is what we are doing with our minds. 
And so I wanted us to just take the month of January to kick off this year and say we want to be more intentional and we want to understand this number one thing. This is probably the first big thing if you're writing things down is this. Your mind, your body, and your soul are woven together in a way that you cannot separate. I would even use the word they're entangled which kind of like says difficult to separate, right? And so our mind, our body, and our soul are woven together. And um, I'm going to be using some of this, this information that's on the front end of my message is going to be coming from a talk that I will post a link to that's uh, by a doctor. Her name is Dr. Leaf. She does, she's done 30 plus years of research on the brain and, and on the mind and how mindsets and perspectives and all that can kind of influence how we see the world and how we operate in the world. Um, she has faith. She has, is a, is, uh, has quotes some scripture in this talk. And I'll, I'll mention that uh, online later and get that to you. It's 36 minutes long, not a big deal, but I'm only going to give you information from the first eight minutes. That's how good this talk is. And it's so helpful and has already helped me. And I think that this woven together with some of the things that we can see in Scripture is going to change the trajectory of your year. Is anybody hopeful for that? Okay, good. You guys, you guys ready for that? Okay, I feel like maybe we are. So I want to take today and this week is all about mind. It's all about our mind. And our mind well, the way that Dr. Leaf talks about it is that our mind is 99% of who we are. Our mind is 99% of who we are. We have our body, we have our brain, we have all of those things, but our mind is 99%. Our mind is an interesting thing. Our mind can be, can be burned out. Our mind can be foggy. Our mind um, can be changed. Our mind can be lost. Anybody say, you've lost your mind? Guys ever have that said to you by your spouse? No? You've lost your mind. My dad used to say, hey, did you leave your brain outside or what? You know, like you can lose your mind. And so you can do, and your mind can be convinced. Your mind can be convinced. So here's the thing. I want you to understand that the way that she talks about our mind is this, is that it is the way that we think, the way that we feel, and the way that we choose. Our mind is how we think, how we feel, and how we choose. And how we think, how we feel, and how we choose comes out in what we do and say. Our actions and our words come out of uh, the way that we think, feel, and choose, which is what our mind is all about. And what happens when we think about these things and we feel these things and we make choices about things is that we develop patterns. We develop mindsets. And Dr. Leaf talks a lot about mindsets and about this idea. And, and I would even say it, it leans into where our minds become kind of like in a track or a rut that we think in a particular direction all the time. And that is really where we become, what I would say, is convinced of something. That we develop a conviction because of the way that we're thinking, the way that we're focusing on those thoughts, because of the way that we're feeling and the way that we're focusing on those emotions, the way that we're choosing and those, the way that we're focusing on those choices, that causes us to get into a channel of thinking 
a pattern of thinking, a mindset, and we become convinced and it turns into a conviction where this is what we believe about the world. It is true, at least to us. So these perspectives, I want us to see um, what, uh, in the very beginning of this message, to understand like where I see this start to play out in Scripture, okay? And this is in Genesis 3. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. We're going to step through, once again, that classic story of the fall where we understand some things about ourselves. And I'm just going to step through it basically line by line, and here's the very first line. Now, this is from the New Living Translation, so not every translation says this, but here's what Genesis 3, 6 says. This is talking about Eve when she was tempted by the enemy, by, by Satan, and it says this, the woman was convinced. Everyone say convinced. And this is where we see this idea of Man, there's been a line that's crossed where now there's a convincing that's happened of her mind. And that this perspective that comes out of this conviction is what causes her to make choices and, what, and to say some things and to do some things. Now, um, I'm going to, uh, if there's any crossing kids in the room or younger, I apologize now, but I'm going to show you an example of what perspective can do to your life. If you have the wrong perspective, or a toxic perspective, or a healthy perspective. Perspectives can be, can be toxic or healthy. And I want to show you an example, and Dr. Leaf does this, but here you go. You ready? This is one moment taken from two different angles of Prince William. This is not two different moments in time. This is the same moment in time. In the top picture, it looks like he's telling someone that they're number one. And in the bottom picture, it is obvious that he's simply holding up three fingers. Now, if you only have the perspective of the top picture, you see the world a certain way. But if you have the perspective on the lower picture, you have a different view of the world. Does everybody see how our perspectives change how we see the world? And our perspectives are developed over time on how we focus on our thoughts, our feelings, and our choices. This is where our mind is so, so powerful. Um, Another way to say it is this, a mindset or um, a perspective or being convinced is is a group of information and emotions that generate a perspective. So a mindset is a group of information and emotions that generate a perspective. Think about this. This is information that you're taking in on a daily basis. This is information that you're getting from your family, your work, whatever, and you're taking that in, and then there's emotions, there's feelings that you get, there's things that happen to you, and that group and what we do with it is what generates that perspective. So when we think about this, we think about, the, this is probably, I was talking to the band earlier. We think that our mind is static. We think that our, our, our thoughts that we receive that come to mind, the emotions that we feel, the things that we have in our, in our heart, in our mind, these things we think is static. And that what we have to do is we have to manage them. We have to figure out, okay, well, I'm feeling really, really down today. And it's just going to be a down day for me. And I'm just going to like have to just deal with that. 
Or I think that um, this person is out to get me. And so that's going to be this, the way that I'm going to now operate is because that person, I think, is out to get me or out to, to do harm to me or to, to, to badger me or discredit me or what have you. And I'm just going to have to go with that and have to manage that. But what we find in the research is that our minds are constantly changing, that our, our minds can be changed and convinced and be redirected. We'll talk about that in a second. But the idea here is that this, when you think about it this way, when anybody um, in your house, if you have multiple people in your house, do you ever fight around the chargers that charge these bad boys? Anybody else? Like a charger for a phone is like gold in your house? Our house, it's like that. Like literally, if Sarah's charger moves from where she usually leaves it, she's like, somebody took my charger. It's like a big deal. Headline news. But the thing about this, when we, when we focus on these thoughts and these emotions, this group of thoughts and emotions, this information, when we think about those and we focus on those, what that does is they begin to grow. And when they grow, they gain energy. And this is where the perspectives and the mindsets begin to lock in. Is when we focus, the thoughts and emotions that we focus on is what grows and gains energy. It's kind of like when you have those thoughts and those feelings and you focus on them, it's like you're plugging in them into a charger and you're giving them energy. And that then begins to influence what? What we do and what we say. What we do and what we say comes out of this. So let's think about this pattern and this perspective that Eve begins because she's convinced in that, that verse 6. Let's continue to see what happens in her life when she moves in that direction. So here we go. We pick up the, the verse 6 right after it says that the woman was convinced. It says she saw the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. Everyone say saw. We just uh, uh, sang a song called Come Taste and See That the Lord is Good. Well, she saw before she tasted, so maybe we should change the song to Come See and Taste That the Lord is Not a Waste. I don't know. All right, so she saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. Next slide. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. Everyone say wanted. She saw it and she wanted it. Next slide. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. She saw it. She wanted it. She took it. This is a perspective. This is a pattern. The next big thing I want you to write down, if you're writing anything down, is this, is that from um, our mind, our body, and our soul, our mind is the one part of us that is constantly looking for an opportunity to change our story. Our mind is constantly looking for a way to change our story. Let me give you a really fresh example. January 1st, New Year's. We're going to start the new diet. We're going to start the new exercise program. We're going to start the new series at church. We're going to change our story because it's January 1st. It's going to be amazing. It's just Tuesday. 
There, headline, there is no difference between December 31st and January 1st, except in our mind. And our mind is looking for a way, an opportunity to change our story. So New Year's Day becomes that for most of us. When we're like, finally, I'm going to make a change. But it doesn't really have any merit in reality. It's all in our heads. So Eve sees an opportunity to change her story. She's convinced that her story can change. She sees that her story can change. She wants her story to change. So she takes that opportunity and she changes her story. And she changes her husband's story, who, by the way, was silent, gentlemen, and just took the fruit and ate. And that changed all of our stories, right? But the truth of the matter is that our minds still to this day, and that's the beauty of um, living in today's day and age, is that we have history and time behind us, that we can see these patterns and we can see this desire to change our story is there throughout Scripture. Eve had no idea what she was falling into. She was, she was seeing an opportunity to change her story. She believed what Satan had said. She was convinced. But now we know and we can see throughout Scripture that over and over and over again, this idea of seeing something, wanting something, and taking something happens all the time. And it happens to us every day. Abraham. Abraham and Sarah, they, are, they have been promised a son. It's not happening. And they see Hagar. And they want what Hagar can give Abraham, which is a son. And so Abraham takes Hagar. And he gets his son, just not God's way. David, David sees Bathsheba. He wants Bathsheba, and he takes Bathsheba to be his wife. Over and over and over again, this is a toxic pattern for the people of God. They get thrown off their game. There is a plot twist. There is something that happens to the plot of our story, and it gets thrown off, and we see that this is an opportunity, and we see it, we want it, we take it. We see it, we want it, we take it. We see it, we want it, we take it. But is there a strategy? Is there something that God wants us to see as second place, as the people of God, that is different than what happens in the rest of the world and is different than what happens in those stories in Scripture. Here's what I'm going to tell you. God can redeem and he can set that pattern in a new direction. You have to understand something about this. The strategy, the strategy is to shift. When we feel, and, and we've, we've done this, we, I've prayed through this with people, when we realize and we feel and we're in the pit, we're in that, just that 
brutal moment in our day or our, our, our life when things are not going we don't, well, we feel hopeless, we feel like we're, we're, we have shame and guilt on us and we can't get out from underneath it and it's just something we cannot deal with and we feel like we are literally paralyzed in our faith, paralyzed from our even thinking straight. And here's what's interesting, by the way, when you're angry or you're frustrated the research shows that your brain actually doesn't have the ability to process that information. Like your brain literally starts to shut down. Now, have you ever been so angry that you couldn't even like talk? Have you ever been so frustrated that you're like, I don't really even know what to say. I'm so frustrated. It's like your brain is starting to like short circuit. But God has wired us that when we shift our thinking, when we're in that pit, what he's given us is a tool. He's given us our brains. He's given us our minds to be able to shift our thinking. Now, here's how it happens. Philippians 4.8. You guys have heard this, but this is where it comes alive for us, right? Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So here, Paul's saying, here's the deal. You're going to have those days. But finally, what I want you to remember is I want you to shift your thinking to the things of God. That I want you to shift your thinking, and I want you to be able to begin to make those. I want you to, well, we'll hold off on that thought. I want you to begin to make these things true in your life, to, to shift your thinking. Now, here's the thing about... Um, changing our thinking because some of us are like oh this sounds like willpower number one holy spirit holy spirit is powerful holy spirit is in you holy spirit empowers you to begin to see these things and shift all right and if you don't feel that let's pray man let's pray and let's ask the holy spirit to come into your life and to be in to direct and give you the power really what i think you need to do is just uncover it and dust it off and be like whoa i had this all along but here's what I want you to remember, is that you are a free agent. Like all the NFL guys that are out there right now not playing the playoffs, like the Packers, you know, and the, those guys. So you are in the Vikings, right, Mike? So the, the, you are a free agent. What does this mean? This means that you have agency. You have the ability to actually exercise your mind in a particular direction. You can choose to unplug from those thoughts and those emotions that are causing you to do the same thing over and over again or to think the same way over and over again. God has given you the ability. He's given you a mind. The problem is we're so weak. I think, uh, I think that this is our issue, is that our mind is weak. And so we take whatever comes in and we're just like, yeah, okay. Oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to go veg. I don't know. But God has given you a mind and he's given you agency to say, you know what? No, I am going to focus on other thoughts and other emotions and I'm going to move in that direction. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. This is where we see it play out. We demolish, I love that word, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. 
This is what we're talking about. This is what we're saying is that we're, we're free agents. We actually are on the offense and we are saying, you know what? We're going to take that thought that is not representing Jesus well, that thought that came from the enemy, that thought that came from me, that came from 10 years ago or 20 years ago, and I'm going to take that thought and I'm going to make it captive to Christ and say that thought does not have any power over me anymore. And we are so weak-minded that we don't even go there. We don't even know how to do that. And I'm telling you, you're not going to fix it today. This is going to take a while. Because to get strong in your mind is going to take some time. That's why we're talking about it this weekend. Because this year, we're going to get intentional about how we think. We're going to get intentional about the fact that we can move our minds in a direction and that our next moment and our next experience is by and large wrapped up in what we're thinking and feeling and where we're moving towards. Here's the thing. God can redeem the pattern of see, want, take. He can redeem that pattern. And here's how he does it. When you start to play out Philippians 4.8, when you start to play out 2 Corinthians 10.5 and you start to take every, every thought captive to Christ, what you start to do is you start to say things like this. You know what? Someone's trying to discredit me. Someone's trying to come at me. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to see forgiveness. I'm going to want forgiveness in, as to be part of my story and I'm going to take it. I'm going to make it part of my life. I'm going to forgive that person. I see grace, and I want grace to be a part of my life, and I'm going to make it, I'm going to take it and make it a part of my life. I see joy, and we, lo- we learned a couple weeks ago that joy is a choice. I see joy, I want joy, I'm going to take joy, and I'm going to make it a part of my life. How am I going to do that? I'm going to be grateful for the stuff that I have. I'm going to look around at the people that are in my life and I'm going to be thankful for them. I'm going to see the things that I have as the blessings of God. I'm going to change the way I'm thinking. How many of you woke up today and you were like, oh my gosh, today is full of possibility. I cannot wait to experience all the stuff that I have no idea is going to happen. All the unexpected things that I have no clue is going to happen. I am ready for that. Let's go. No. You woke up today, and you're like, what time is it? Can I, can I hit snooze one more time? And what we find is that there's triggers. Tomorrow is Monday. The alarm goes off. It feels different. Oh, God. I got to go to work. I gotta see my boss. I gotta deal with all these questions. No one's gonna leave me alone. All kinds of problems are gonna come my way. You're thinking in a particular direction. But when we shift, and we feel that, and we shift, like I would, I would even, tonight when you go to bed, pray this prayer and just say, God, when I wake up, just let me say thank you when I wake up. I don't know, try something that changes your mindset when you wake up. I, one of the hardest things to do for me is to get out of a warm bed into a cold room, right? That's like, ooh, cozy, you know? I don't want to move. But sometimes, you know, I'll be like, man, tomorrow I cannot oversleep. I cannot. I got to like, I, I set my mind and I'm like, when that alarm goes off, I'm just getting out of bed. I don't care what's going on. And I'm just like, okay, standing up like, hey, okay, what's happening? Do something to change what happens. We'll talk about body 
and soul in the next couple of weeks. So here's the thing. We, we shift all the time. Um, Romans, Romans 12, 2. Um, this, is, this is, I can't, can't finish without mentioning this. It says, do not conform to the pattern, see, want, take, of this world, but be transformed, see, want, take, something positive, by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to know what God's will is for your life. When you allow your mind to be renewed, when you take every thought captive, when you're able to focus and think about the positive things that God has presented to us. Philippians 1.25, we just looked at this just a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about joy. It literally used the word that we're, we're focused on today, convinced of this, Paul says. I'm convinced. Is his body convinced? Is his soul convinced? His mind is convinced and I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. He's convinced. Here's the thing. We shift. We have the opportunity to shift every single day. And we do it at second place every single time we gather. You know when we shift? It's when I say something like this. The band can come up right now. And we begin to shift. One of the hardest things um, for us as uh, a community is in growth groups, for instance, is when we start to do community and we start to do life together is that we start to share our stuff. And a lot of times when somebody is going through a hard time, especially guys, but everybody has some element of this in them, is that what we hear, we hear a problem, and what do we try to do? We try to fix it. And so what we end up doing is we, we have learned behaviors and what we do is we, we have issues and we want to talk about it with people and we want someone to fix our problem and we, we end up relying almost on community in an unhealthy way. And so we go to growth group wanting to talk about our issues or what happened this week. We want to talk to somebody about it and say, you know what, this is what's happened in my life. This is what's going on. I want to talk about it. Can you help me fix this? And, and here's the hardest thing for, for growth group leaders to do is to not try to fix it. Because when there is an over-reliance on getting the right answers from someone else, we're skipping the most important part of shifting. The most important part of shifting is taking your eyes off of what you see or what you feel or the information that you're getting and redirect it to Jesus. Before you go and cry on someone's shoulder, before you go and try to tell your life story to someone else, have you told those things to God? Have you brought your prayers and petitions to the Lord? Because that's the very first step. That's why we have the worship at the end. Other churches can do it however they want. That's totally cool. It's not wrong. It's just that we feel that now that we have been presented something and we see it, now we need to shift to put our eyes on Jesus and begin to say, God, this is my stuff. And the first song we sing is, I surrender all. God, I surrender all of this stuff, all of the information, all of the emotions, all of the choices, all of that that is in my mind, and I surrender it to you, and I bring it captive 
to Christ. Then we're singing Defender. It's a newer song. And it talks about when I lost me, you knew where to find me. You reintroduced me to your love. This is the songs we sing. Why? Because it redirects our minds to God. And we say, God, you knew when I lost me and I was broken to pieces, you brought me back together. When you, and I didn't know where I was, and I didn't know that I was in a battle, you were going ahead of me and you were battling for me. We're refocusing, we're shifting. Last song is Jesus, what a savior. Oh man, I've never known a love like this. I've never known a love like this. What a beautiful way you have shown us. What a beautiful way. What a beautiful pattern. What a beautiful way you have shown us. This is what we do. We shift, and here's what I'll tell you. You can shift at home. You can shift tomorrow. You can make that choice to say, you know what? God, I'm choosing to focus on this, and it will take time. And you have to work those muscles for all this year. And at the end of this year, if you commit with me to do this together, we're going to be completely intentional and we're going to be different than we are today. So there's two things, um, two additional ways to shift today. Number one, um, if you'd like to pray and say, like, I have not taken these things to God. Like, I want to do that, but I think I want somebody to pray with me about those things. That's awesome. Sarah and I will be off on this side of the room more than willing to pray with you guys. And the second way that you can shift is you can remember the time when your story changed for good. That pivotal point in time when Jesus died on the cross and he came back from the grave so that you could have new life. Communion is available to you guys today. So over the next three songs, I challenge you to take whatever you have in your mind and to shift and to surrender it all to allow God to take the pieces, to put it back together, and for him to show you the most beautiful way. Why don't we stand? Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for all of what you're doing in our minds. Lord, our minds are so powerful. And so, God, right now, we do, Lord, we we choose. Me and all of my friends right now, we say, God, we surrender to you. The thoughts, the feelings, the emotions, the choices, and we surrender them to you. And Lord, we 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 trust that you are defending us, Lord, and that you are showing us your love, that you are putting us back together. And Lord, we trust and we want to move towards the most beautiful way that you have shown us. And Lord, help us to take these things to you first. Help us to remember our story changing through communion as we take communion by ourselves or with our friends or our family this morning. Lord, I pray that we would shift. Good job shifting. I want to talk to the folks in the room that have had a hard time shifting in the last few minutes um, and and just uh, recognize that. I love what the songs say. You know, you meet me right where I am. And, And for some of us, man, to hear you guys, like, over there, like, I don't know if it's like a vortex of sound or whatever, but to hear your voices, like, sing those words, like, I don't know if you know what that does to you. And I know that some of us, it's difficult for us to sing. We may not like music, whatever, I don't know. 
but it might be a heart thing. It might be like where you're at or whatever. And here's what I want to say to you. I want to say to you, good job getting here. Good work putting yourself in this place because you've arrived at a vortex and they're all over the world. They're all over this community and other churches as well. But you've, you're in the vortex and this is where God's presence is and this is where he changes us and this is where you carry that out and you are changed. You are different now whether you just were silent the last few minutes or whether you gave it your all. You're different now than you were 20 minutes ago just because you've been here. And I want you to do this for me. If you've had a tough time today, even listening to this, it's like it just doesn't click. Here's what I want you to do. Make the commitment to not stop getting here. But more so than that, don't stop pursuing Jesus after you leave today. I want you to see, I want to see you back next week for sure. I want us to continue to do this thing together, but I want you to live it between now and then. And so good work getting here, good work putting yourself in this position. Because I'll tell you right now, this stuff is deep and it's wide. And it might be that you don't trust God and you're like, man, the words say that you pick up all the pieces, God, and you put me back together, but I don't trust that. But maybe what you did today or maybe what you'll do next week when you get back here is you'll give him one piece and you'll see what he does with it. And then your story will change and it will continue to grow. And by the end of this year, you're going to be a different person. You're going to be the person that God intended you to be and working through all of the stuff, being intentional with your mind and seeing yourself as completely integrated and whole because he's making you whole. You guys good? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we dedicate this year to you. 2019. Lord, you know all of the unexpected things that we could never guess are going to happen. Lord, you know all the ups and the downs. Lord, you know where we're at even in this moment. It's almost like the calendar flipping years really hasn't made a difference in our life. We're still carrying the same weight. We're still carrying those same relationships. We're still just not exactly sure how to navigate our life. But Lord, you are here. And those that are here today, even listening online, Lord, you have put us together and you are moving us in a direction. And so, Lord, I pray that we would be encouraged today to know that you are with us and that we've got this because you've got us. We thank you for this, Lord God. We dedicate 2019 to you and to becoming the people that you have always intended for us to be. We pray that we would dust off our identity, we would dust off how you've wired us, and we would begin to live out of that truth. And Lord, that we live out of your life that you have given us through the resurrection. We thank you, God, for all these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. Have a great, great week. We'll see you very soon.